Welcome to the teaching ministry of Nicholas Williams, where men are built through God's word for the advancement of God's kingdom on earth. Get ready for a time of transformation. We worship you. Blessed be your name, O Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. So today we're going to do something different. I want everybody to try to unmute their mic, except they are in a loud place. I was supposed to say this last week, but one way or the other, I actually forgot. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to click on everybody's mic to be unmuted. The only reason why you can like mute it is, of course, if you're in a loud area, please. Emphasis on if you're in a loud area, right? Because I believe, personally, I believe that... Um, I, I, okay, don't let me say I believe. I just want to hear everybody's feedback so I don't feel like I'm just talking to myself, right? I mean, and it's a church setting. And in a church setting, I mean, you can't just be in church and then you're looking, okay? Yeah, so I'm going to do that right now. Unmute everybody's mic. So if you're not in a loud area, do well to unmute your mic so I know that you're flowing with me as we are teaching the word of the Lord. I've done that. So please go ahead and meet your mic if you're not in the loud area. Yep. Thank you. God bless. All right. So let me just do a quick refresh or recapping on where we stopped last week. Yeah, last week we were able to touch the problem of mankind. I remember we have been treating, we are on a series, The Good News, right? The Good News. Uh, we understood that the word, the good news, was brought from the word eagerly. Hey, I made this mistake the last time. Today I'm making Eugelion, right? The Greek word, Eugelion. And it means, it actually means the good news, right? That's the meaning. So we've been on a series on the good news, basically the gospel. Right, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right, so we, we talked about the problem of mankind, right? The problem that man had, the problem that man had, how it was, and what man really needed at the time. What man really needed, right? So we saw how that salvation was man's greatest needs and God's greatest gift to man, right? We saw how that salvation was man's greatest need and God's greatest needs to man. We also, I also made you know that oftentimes a lot of people get to assume that because a believer is saved, he actually understands the gospel. And I prove to you that it's actually not true oftentimes, right? It's actually not true oftentimes because... Because a believer actually got saved by the gospel doesn't necessarily mean that they understand the message which they were saved by, right? Because some people actually didn't, they did not even hear the, what they heard was not the good news. I said this last week. What they heard was not the good news, right? What they heard was not the good news. Some people got saved by fear, right? They didn't, they didn't it wasn't like they were happy when they got saved. Some people were scared. <laughs> they were scared when they got saved, right? And that was because of what they received. What they received was not the good news. But I made you understand that the gospel is the good news. It's the good news itself, right? I gave an example of a woman of God who, when a mentor of mine went to minister in a church, and then he said, after ministering, the woman, she's about 80 years of age, right? Very, very elderly woman. About 80 years of age, she came to meet him and she told him, she said, man of God, you mean to tell me that all my life I've been in the church and I'm not still born again? He said, free. <laughs> he couldn't even say anything at the time because he was like, oh, wow. It's because she said, every single thing that you said, I've been a churchgoer all this while. I've never heard it like this. I never knew that I needed to believe. Right, so we don't make assumption for people that they understand the gospel. We don't make assumption for people that they understand the gospel. Right, we also saw that the gospel that got you saved is what is going to cause you to mature. That's what's going to sprout you to mature. Right, the gospel is is a thought fit. 
right? You learn. And I made you know that the gospel is so simple, right? It's so simple that a child can comprehend it, but it will take a lifetime for you to understand and enjoy the fullness, for you to experience the fullness of the gospel. Right, it's so simple for you to understand. It's so simple that a child can understand it. Yet, it will take a lifetime for you to fully experience the fullness of it. You understand? So you have to keep. You have to continually learn. You have to continually grow because the gospel is what is going to spark you to 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 mature in the faith. Right, and we also saw how that salvation of men. Is the greatest solution, right? I mentioned last week how that answers movement is actually not the that's is not that's not the greatest solution, right? Resolutions that some theory, some scientific people say or some activists say that oh probably this is going to work, probably this is going to make us be better people and whatever is not the greatest solution because they've been trying it for the longest time and it didn't work. So why do you think it's going to work now? Right. So the solution actually is salvation of man. You know, and I said that I talked about sin, talked about the sin problem, that there was a problem and that problem was sin. Right. The problem was sin. Right. And that was what we needed help for. That was what mankind actually needed help for. So I'm just going to start from where I stopped going to open my note now and start from where I stopped, right? I think I stopped at when I wanted to talk about the Christ and the prophecy, right? The Christ and the prophecy. You could write that down. The Christ and the prophecy. We're still in part one. But let's just say part one B. (laughs) Okay. So Christ and the prophecy, right? So, who is the Christ? Who is the Christ? The word Christ comes from Christos. It is the Greek word that means anointed or anointed one. All right? It comes from Christos, which is the Greek word that means anointed or anointed one. It is equivalent for the word Messiah or Messiah. Right, the Hebrew word Messiah or Messiah, which actually means Messiah. Right, just for those who do not know, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the New Testament in Greek. For some people who do not know, right, you don't have to feel ashamed for that. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew and then the New Testament was written in Greek. Right, so in Hebrew, when they were talking about the anointed one, it meant the Messiah. When it was translated to Greek, that's right, that word, when it was translated to Greek, that means the word Messiah, when it was translated to Greek, it was actually, it actually means Christos, right? Which means Christ, right? Which means Christ, right? So when you call Jesus the Christ, you are calling him the anointed one or the anointed one of God. Though back then, this was also used to refer to kings. They always used it to refer to kings. That is the anointed one of God or the anointed. For example, in First Samuel twenty-four six, I guess First Samuel twenty-four six is that when Saul was trying to murder David, and David, David had an opportunity to murder him back. <laughs> is that English right? <laughs> Paul was trying to murder David, and then David had an opportunity to murder him back. Let's just go to the scripture. First Samuel twenty-four six. First Samuel 24, 6. You can open it too. He said, and he said unto this man, he said unto his men rather, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my, unto my master, the Lord's anointed. You see the word the Lord's anointed there. He said, the Lord's anointed to stretch forth my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. The word anointed of the Lord, dear, means Messiah. Just like I said, it means Messiah in the Hebrew word, which means Christos. And Christos means Christ. You understand? It was used to represent the anointed one or the Lord's anointed, which was used to refer to kings. Mostly kings back then, right? 
it was mostly used to 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 refer to kings so back then there was two major prophecies so when i say back then just know i'm talking about old testament whenever i say back then <laughs> just in case i wouldn't i'm saying back then but i mean the old testament right so in the old testament there were two major prophecies about the christ there were a lot of prophecies about the christ but i picked out two of them which are should i say are more important because it touches a lot of things that you're going to understand as time goes on right so so now the people were aware of the problem you know all the problem i shared with you from the time of abraham how i told you in the time of sodom and gomorrah that god was looking for just he was looking for 50 people and then abraham began until he got to 10 god still didn't see somebody who believed in him you know i explained all of those things i explained the time of noah too when in the whole world the only person god saw was noah and his family the only people that believed in god was Noah and his family and the only condition was just to believe in god nothing more nothing less not by their works or anything it was just to believe in god why 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 do i say so because the bible says in genesis he said that abraham believed in god and it was accounted to him unto righteousness i said that last week too right so because you believe in god you are righteous right and that's what got abraham righteous back then you understand all right so let's see the prophecies you know i told you we're talking about the prophecies and the christ so let's see the prophecies the first major prophecy of the christ that I will be sharing is in Isaiah 9, 6 to 7. Isaiah 9, 6 to 7. Isaiah 9, 6 to 7. I want somebody to read it. You know, that's why I said that I want the mics to be unmuted. I, I've unmuted everybody's mic. So I'm just going to call somebody to, to, to read it. You know, I omitted everybody's mic so you can actually speak right so i can actually know that you're there with me okay so uh if you're in a if you're in a quiet area can you please read this can you please read isaiah 9 6 to 7 please let's make it fast like fast in your search isaiah 9 6 to 7 Are you there, please? Did you hear what I said? Okay, sorry. From to us, a child is born. Okay. Unto us, a son is given. Okay. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. All right. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Verse oh, 7. Yes. Of the increase of his government and we peace, there shall be no end. Mm. Upon the throne of David and upon mm. his kingdom, to order mm. it and to establish it with judgment and with justice mm. from henceforth, mm. even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Hallelujah. Right. So, Jesus. It's the good news. He was talking about the person of Jesus here. When Isaiah was speaking, he was actually talking about the person of Jesus. Right? So, Jesus is the good news himself. Oh, yes. He is the long-awaited king that was being described here. Right? Glory to God. He's the long-awaited king that Jesus was talking about here. So, prophet Isaiah prophesied this about Jesus. And guess what? Many kings came and went afterwards. You know, after this prophecy, many kings came and they went afterward, meaning they died afterwards. Even David, who Isaiah spoke about, you know, Isaiah still spoke about David in here, that of his increase, right? He said, upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom. To, you know, for some people, they might be thinking, oh, David was actually going to reign forever. Even David himself might be thinking, probably was going to reign forever. Do you understand? So, as I spoke of him, but David himself actually died. Right? He died. Although God promised him, even if God promised him in Second Samuel, he said, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. 
but yet he still died right he still died because god was necessarily talking about david even his son solomon who built the temple that david tried to drive that he was yeah i want to be the one to be there and all of that right even the temple that solomon built solomon was a great person he was a great man but solomon still died eventually right many also many many people also who claimed to be the messiah but it wasn't true because they didn't reign forever do you get me they didn't reign forever so many people also came they said they were the messiah there were a lot of people in history who actually came and claimed to be the messiah but they didn't reign forever they died after a while do you get me so for them to die it means that isaiah wasn't really prophesying about them do you understand? Isaiah wasn't prophesying about them. Isaiah was prophesying about Jesus. That was who the prophecy was talking about. Right? So in Isaiah 9, 6 to 7, when we go back, we see the prophecy he gave got the people expectant already. Right? It got the people expectant, the people who were listening, that's the usual, the Jews. He said, it got them expectant already. They had it in mind that someone was going to come and deliver them from their sins. And this person was Jesus, even if they didn't know he was the one. Right? They didn't know the, the person it, who it was going to be, but they had an idea. They had a prophecy that somebody was going to come at a particular time to come and save them from their sins but they and they lived in expectation of their life they were expectant of him right the, the fathers to the extent that the fathers whenever they give birth to their children they actually teach their children from their bed they were teaching their children already and you know it's quite different for the greeks it's quite different for the jews right when they just when they just come to life they when, after after a while probably i think maybe like when they are three or five they and the parents hand them over to tutors right and the tutors actually grows them right they are the one who will be in charge of teaching them until they get to a particular age where they are fully mature and now they understand the law so that's how it was for the jews Right, so there are some certain things that we see as very weird <laughs> these days, you know, when you were growing up, that like you see some Muslims, right? How that they were they they they'll do something called they used to go for something called Ilekeu, right? They used to go for something called Ilekeu, which means the home or school of Arabic, right? The home or school of Arabic level. There they teach them, they teach them the whole thing about their religion about islam and all of that we take care <laughs> we flog their head <laughs> do you get me they'll, they'll, they'll teach them about their religion till the child is fully mature they will not do something called wolimas i don't know i, I hope i'm right <laughs> i think so right because i used to watch all these children that time i'll be watching why you not want to myself on top god i beg i saw you wicked rich <laughs> Because I'll be watching them and they are flogging them. That I'll be going for less. I, I used to go for one lesson that time. And then there was this Afar. The, there was an Afar who used to teach. Who was the one teaching us the lesson. He was also using that opportunity, making money to his, you know, star boy. <laughs> so he was teaching some people. Um, What's the name? Ileke was also teaching us lesson. Right? So he was, I don't even, I can't, you know, I was still young then, but he was always dividing himself. I wonder how we did it, right? So they do something called holy mat, and they grow. To us, it seems weird. We that are Christians, especially in this, it seems very weird because we're wondering what what are they doing, right? But amazingly enough, to the Jews, it was a normal way of life. When a child was born, when they start speaking, a tutor comes. They have the parent and over them to a to a tutor. Right, and the tutor trains them. He trains them according to the law. Right, he trains them, and then after they get to a particular age, now the child cannot do all the things that is he cannot live 
his life according to the law, according to all that he was being taught. And then that's the way he's going to do for his own children over and over again. Shall you get, you know, Paul was speaking about Timothy. He said, but continue down in these things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from thy childhood thou hast not the, the Holy Scripture. Right? He was talking about the law. He was talking about all of those things that Timothy had learned in the past. Not necessarily what Paul had taught him. <laughs> right? Paul was fully aware of this tradition right so he knew timothy was a jew boy do you understand pastor timothy was a jew boy right so he spoke to him from that lens because he knows he was going to he was going to relate more better so just imagine that you are being taught right from when you were small that somebody was going to come and save you from your sins Somebody was going to come and save you from this Nigeria economy. <laughs> Just imagine, right? You will wait patiently. If, see, you will wait patiently if you hear that. Just use this for instance. You will wait patiently if you hear that somebody was going to come and save you from Nigeria economy. And all this heat everywhere right now. He want to choke us. <laughs> Do you get? But you will wait patiently. You will. In fact, if you can compose a song about it, you will compose a song. You say, it's coming one day, it's coming for me, coming for you, coming for all of us. <laughs> Do you get you're gonna You're going to wait patiently. So back then, these Jew people, they were, they were expectant. Right? They were expectant. But mind you, although they were waiting, but there was a problem. They had a problem. Right, they were waiting, but they had a problem, and the problem was that they thought, right, they thought in their own ways, they thought that this prophecy that Isaiah gave, he was actually talking about a man who was going to come and then save them through the government. They thought he was going to be somebody who was going to be in the government or he was going to be a politician. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? They thought he was going to be a politician. They thought he was going to be a politician. That he was going to be somebody who was going to be in the social economy. That was how he was going. He was going to deliver them. That was how he was going to help them. You know when they say of oh, his his reign, his, his rulership and leadership will never end. They thought this guy was going to be a politician, right? But it was far from that. So many fakes actually came as the Messiah and they saw this limitation and they took advantage of them because they knew how how expectant they were. Right? They knew how, check your history. You will see, there were so many people who came and claimed that they were the Messiah. Right? And they took advantage of them because they knew that they were expectant. Now, you will understand and appreciate why Matthew, in Matthew's account, when he started, when he started writing, he started with the genealogy of Jesus. You know that genealogy that you don't like to read. Yes, that one, right? That genealogy you don't like to read. You will under now. You will understand why Matthew actually needed to write it. He needed to prove to them. He needed to trace it for them that from Abraham to David, now to Jesus Christ, this person is real. Do you understand? He had to prove to them. Right? So he had to tell them. He had to tell the Jews because they were being fooled for a long time. He he now had to give them full proof. He gave them a proof. He told them how the, the, the lineage started from Abraham. How God told Abraham that he was going to be father of nation. And then from to David, to this prophecy of Isaiah, Right to David and now to Jesus. Because they knew through prophecies that the Messiah was going to come. They knew through prophecies that the Messiah was coming from the descendant of Abraham and David. So Matthew thought it was wise. 
to trace the lineage for them to help their belief. Do you get me? He thought it was wise to trace the lineage so they will know, right? So they can help their belief by doing that. So the prophecy of Isaiah, right? The prophecy of Isaiah that was being misinterpreted, that was being misinterpreted rather, I beg your pardon, right? The, inter the interpretation to that prophecy was that he will be given all power, even at his death. Right. He will begin. All power is going to be his. Even though his death, burial, and resurrection, all power is going to be his. And he was going to reign forever. Of his increase, there will be no end. He was going to reign forever. There was not going to be a stop. Speaking about the man Jesus. But they didn't get it. But that's what Isaiah was saying. Now, let's see the second prophecy again. Let's see the second prophecy. Open your Bibles to Isaiah 53, 2 to 5. Isaiah 53, 2 to 5. Uh, Moni is just going to be on guard for me. Please read this. Read it, please. Isaiah 53, 2 to 5. That's the second prophecy now. Isaiah 53, 2 to 5. <laughs> Jesus. You guys will not even believe it. That's my teaching for today. Unfortunately, I will not be able to touch it. Please go ahead. Moni, please, are you there? All right. I think Moni is not there. Okay, Victoria, are you in a, are you in a quiet area, please? Victoria V. I think there are two Victorias here. Are you in a quiet area? You can unmute your mic. I muted it already. Hey, hope I'm not talking to myself. Please, somebody should just unmute that mic and tell me I'm not talking to myself. Please, before I move any further. Uh, yes, sir. Oh, God bless you. Okay, since you are the one that omitted your mic, please help me open the scriptures. Isaiah 53. Isaiah, Isaiah 53. 2 to 5. Yes, two to five. shall go up before him as a tender plant and okay. as a root out of a dry ground. Okay. He has no form nor comeliness. Okay. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He said, there is yes. no beauty that we should desire him. So where we see, he was telling them that when they see Jesus, there is nothing that we attract them to him. That there's nothing that we attract into them, rather. You understand? Please go ahead. Verse 3 is despised and rejected of men, a man of souls and acquainted with grief. Okay. And we hid as it were our face from him. Mm. <clears throat> he was despised and we esteemed him not. Right. Verse 4 Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our souls. Yet okay. we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The spirit yes. of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Yes. You see, you see, thank you. Thank you so much. When he said, by the stripes we are healed, I know that this particular phrase <laughs> has been abused. Right. So when he says by the stripes we are you, so many people actually think he was talking about healing, right? Physical healing. He wasn't talking about that. He was talking about healing from sin, <laughs> healing from the problem. He was talking about salvation. Right. So it had nothing to do with healing. But I'm going to come back to uh all of this. I'm going to come back to it uh later. So you see, like I said, this was an issue. There was a problem. Right. In spite of this, this second prophecy that Isaiah gave, there was still a problem because they were expecting him to still be in the government. They were expecting a prophet. They, they, I said prophet. They were expecting somebody who was going to be a politician, sort of. Do you understand? So they couldn't phantom it. You already told us. I mean, you just told us. Some time ago, let me see. <laughs> you know, the first part I told you to open was Isaiah. I think it was the earliest book of Isaiah, right? 
then Isaiah 53. Let's just say, you just told us two weeks ago. You just told us two weeks ago that he was going to be a king and the government was going to rest on his shoulders. So what are you saying? What are you trying to tell us now? Are you trying to confuse us, sir? Right? Are you trying to confuse us that he will be rejected and beaten? Are you how will a king be rejected? What are you trying to say? And there's no beauty for us to desire him. Isn't that funny? <laughs> you know, I could just imagine these were the things that would be going through their minds. Because to them, it to because to them that was not what they were expecting. So this affected their belief in a way. They knew a Messiah was coming. They were expectant of it. But the first prophecy, the first prophecy was what they held on to. What are the things that they held on to? That was why till he came, they didn't believe him. They didn't, they didn't, even, they didn't know that he was the one. They disagreed. They fought. They sparred him. They said, no, uh, you okay. You, are you whining? You, yeah. What's so special about you? So somebody said, well, good can come out of, out of Nazareth. So only good can come out of Nazareth. <laughs> they didn't know. Do you understand? They didn't know. As well as because of their negligence. So everything Prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 53, 2 to 5, was talking about Jesus' death and the sufferings he will go through for us. But they couldn't phantom it. The Jews of those days couldn't phantom it, though they knew that he was going to come, but they didn't know the type of sacrifice he was going to give. Although they knew that it was going to be a bloody sacrifice, but they didn't know the kind of sacrifice was, this kind of sacrifice he was going to give. In verse 7, he said, that, that's Isaiah 53, verse 7, he said, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He brought us, he is he, brought us a lamb to the slaughter, and as the sheep before Asherah is done, so he opened up his mouth. You, do, do you get? Although Jesus had power. He had all the power because he was fully God, fully man. He had all the power. But he kept quiet. He said, here he opened not his mouth. He didn't argue. He laid his life down because it was worth it. Because it was worth it. He laid his life down because it was worth it. Jesus thought you were worth it. And because Jesus thought that you were worth it, it means that you matter. Come on, are you getting me? Because Jesus thought that you were worth it, it means that you matter. Oh, yes, you do. So the Jews couldn't comprehend that fact that he was going to die and suffer. And when he comes, there was no beauty in him that we should desire him. Because already they were expecting a politician, like I said, someone who will be involved in the social economy. They couldn't fix the puzzle together. They couldn't just get it. How was this sacrifice going to be done? What are you saying? A king? But yet he was going to suffer? Come on. But God had an agenda, sir. God had an agenda. Scripture says in Isaiah 53, 10 to 11, he said, yet it pleased the Lord. Ah! He said, yet he pleased the Lord to bruise him. He had put him in grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. Meaning he was going to die. That was the sacrifice. That was the offering. He was going to die. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. Right? He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. You see, you see, you see again. You see, when scripture says he shall prolong his days, he was trying to say he was going to reign forever. Just like Isaiah said, now you can fix the puzzle. Now you can understand, right? See, verse 11, he said, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied by his knowledge shall my righteousness shall my righteous servant justify many so through him we we're going to be justified through jesus christ just we add justification right so he said for he shall bear their iniquities 
That was that was all he was going to do at his death. That was all Jesus was going to come and do when he was coming, when he came. That's what he came to do when he came. He said, my servant, Jesus will justify many. He will, he will make them righteous in the sight of me. You will make them righteous in my sight. Do, do you understand? This just shows, this particular scripture, Isaiah 53, it just shows, it shows a picture of the suffering king. Already, it was being known that he was going to be a king. The government shall be rest on his shoulder, right? But yeah, he was showing the things that he was going to go to. It shows a picture of the suffering king. Yes, he was king. And he had it all. Yet he had to suffer to free us. He had to suffer to solve the problem once and for all. Right? So that no more blood or bulls or blood or goats or the sprinkling of blood or any of any kind will, will, will be needed anymore. He came to sort it out by his own blood once and for all. Hebrews 10, 12 says, he said, but our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. This sounds like greatest of all time. <laughs> he said, he offered himself for, he said, he, he said, but our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice, the only one that was needed, the body, one son for all. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. Hey, he sat down at the place of honor at God's right hand. I love the way KJV puts it. He said, But this man that, that was speaking of Christ, he said, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, do you get me? Only one sacrifice was needed to save mankind. Only one sacrifice was needed to save mankind. Right? He said, he, he said, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Hebrews 10, 12, sat down at the right hand of God. Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice for sin once and for all, forever. So there won't be any dragging or saying you are still in sin, you are not in sin, you are saying he did it once and for all, took it away. So there won't be any depth, there won't be any unsettled depth anymore. Right? There won't be any unsettled depth anymore. The payment will be made in full. As I was saying, he was going to come and the payment was going to be made in full once and for all. Do you do you get me? It was going to be made in full. He took the fall. He thought that you were worth it. And because he thought so, it means that you matter. Because Jesus thought that you were worth it. He thought that you were worth dying for. It means that you actually matter in his sight, in God's sight. So some of you who think that your, your life has no meaning, Jesus thought that you mattered. Jesus thought that you mattered. You know, scripture says in Matthew 26, 42, he said, he said, he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may pass away from me, except I drink it, I will be done. Oh, come on. He, he, he thought of you. It was because of you. He said, Ah, no. I will be done, Lord. He didn't second thought it. He said, let thy will be done. He thought that you were worth it. He even went ahead. He chose you to be a part of the family before you came. All of this happened. It happened before you came. He predestined you. Not when you became born again. He had done it even before you became born again. Even before you became saved, he had already pla he had plans for you. He had saved you already legally. But you needed to come into it vitally. Right? So, because you matter, he took the fall. Because you matter, Jesus took the fall. Glory to God. 
And that is just to let you know that God had planned. He, he had planned for you. He had plans for you already. Salvation wasn't an afterthought of God. He had, pre, he had premeditated on it. He had premeditated on it. He had premeditated on the plans aforetime. Because for him to have chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, it means he had premeditated on these plans aforetime. Come on, are you getting me? So God had a plan for you. He had predestined you already to be called his own even before you were here, even before you knew what was going on. Where man fell, God had an agenda all the way to restore man back. He had a plan. He had a plan. Oh, yes, he had a plan. Glory to Jesus. Jesus had a plan. God, God had a plan for you all the way. Oh, yes. Yes. All right. So, um, so right now, I'm already done with, I'm already done with part one. <laughs> that is our last week teaching. I just completed it now. So now I'm just thinking, we have just a little time late. I, I, don't, I will not be able to finish this whole teaching. <laughs> so apparently, we might get into part five of the good news. <laughs> right? That, that means we are going to be doing it to your Right, we're going to be sharing all the good news to you, man. Going to be teaching all the good news to you, man, because there's a lot to say, and we can't teach everything in one message. Do you understand? Everything can be taught in one message. So, now I've taught you about the problem, I've taught you about the greatest need of man and God's greatest gift to man. I also taught you about the Christ. I went further after teaching you about the Christ. I shared the prophecies that were given about him, the major prophecies that were given about him. There were many prophecies about him, but these ones were 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 more detailed. Do you understand? Right. So I shared all of that. So the next thing we are going to be looking at, I know I won't be able to finish it. I will just brush some things here, and then next week we're going to start. We are going to we are going to continue. Right. Right. So I shared all of that. So now that we know there's a problem, right? We know there's a problem and man actually needed a solution. Now we have an idea of the prophecies that came of how that Jesus was actually going to be the solution. So this next part that we're going to be going into is going to be talking about the solution, right? In the solution, we're going to be talking Jesus' death, his burial, and the resurrection. We're going to be talking his death and his burial and his resurrection. We're going to be talking those things. And get ready, right? Get ready next week because I'm going to be, while I'm teaching, I'm going to be using a couple of apologetics, right? To, to further prove better. The teachers are down already, right? So I'm, just, I'm just briefing you. So I'm going to use some apologetics to further prove better all those things that I've been teaching you see, bit by bit. Right? I'm going to use some apologetics. In case you are wondering what apologetics are, right? what's the meaning of apologetics, man of God? A man of God and some grammar that they try to blow. No, we are not trying to blow grammar. These things are just things that you need that, that will help you understand better the message of the Bible. Right, it will help you understand the scriptures better. Right. So, what does apologetics mean? What's the meaning? It sees the religious discipline of defending religious doctrines through systematic argumentation and discourse. Right. Basically, it's quite a literal. It's literally a defense of the faith. The Greek word. Apologia means defense, right? It means defense as a lawyer gives at trial, right? And we could see all true scriptures, right? 
all through scriptures. Many of the apostles and disciples engaged in it a lot. You see, sometimes they were called to court to come and defend their faiths. They were called series of time, especially born. <laughs> Very rugged man. Right? So in, in the early the early Christian writers who defended their beliefs against critics and recommended their feet to outsiders were called Christian apologists. Right? And for me, I personally believe that apologetics is more for the believer and the seeker than the person who is unsaved and not ready to see. Do you understand? Right, because no matter how concrete an evidence might be, no matter how concrete an evidence might seem, at the end of the day, it still takes faith to believe. You know, if I say just shall live by faith, you see, it takes faith, you still need to believe. So, no matter how concrete what you are saying is, no matter how concrete the evidence might be, the person still needs to believe. It all boils up. It all boils down to believing. Do you understand? It all boils down to believing. You understand? Because there's no amount of evidence that you want to give a man that you can give a man who is not ready to see. If he's not ready to see, you are wasting your time. <laughs> you are just wasting your time. So I personally believe that apologetics are actually for believers and then for those who are seekers who want to know. Do you understand? Those who want to know. Yeah. So we're gonna talk more on this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk more on this next week. I'm gonna teach you on the solution that mankind need, that, that mankind needed, right? I, I hope by next week too that I finish. I will finish it in Jesus' name. I will try my best. I will finish it. I will finish well. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to continue the teaching next week from, from here. We're going to teach on the solution and then you're going to understand. Right? You're going to really understand Jesus Christ's death, his barrier, and his resurrection. And you'll be able to defend it. You'll be able to defend that Jesus actually lived. I think in one of the parts, probably after after this teaching on the solution, I'm also going to teach on apologetics, right? Defending the faith, apologetics, defending Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. I'm going to teach on that itself. That's going to be a particular part. Do you understand me? I'm going to teach on that on its own. So you'll be able to defend. You will just know. And you know, when, when I'm talking about defending, I'm not just saying, I'm not just saying to defend to people. That's not just what I'm saying. In as much as that is part of it, that's not just what I'm saying. Right? That is part of it because in 1 Peter 3, 15, right? 15b, Peter was saying, he said, always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope that is in you. Always be ready. To give a logical defense. That means always be ready to give, to tell us why you believe in this precept on precept, right? But in as much as that is there, I believe that, like I said, I believe that it's first unto the believer and the seeker, right? Because there are some times that you might just wake up and then you'll be wondering, is this Jesus really real? <laughs> you get is it you sure say this Jesus day, Abby didn't day. He day, Abby didn't day. Do you understand? Sometimes you might want to think like that. What are you going to do? There are several people who thought like that, and just by that thought, they stopped believing in Jesus. Because there was no solid conviction. There was no, there was no solid foundation of which they could remind themselves about. Because this Christian faith is a renewal thing. You need to continually build. He said, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The hearing there was a continuous tense. It was continuous. It's not something that you just you just hear once and then you go. It's something that you will continue to hear because that's what will cause you to match up. Like I said, salvation, the same salvation that God you saved, is actually what will cause you to match up. 
do you get me? Hallelujah. We passed our time already. But next week, by grace of God, we're going to close by 9.15. Because, so just prepare for it. 9.15 because the teaching is going to be quite long. I don't want, I want to try as much as possible to finish that one. So we won't end up giving part six. <laughs> right? So I'll have the chance to teach what we want to teach in February. Because already, we have already overlapped. Right? We have already overlapped into March. So in March, we are already going to do part five of the good news, which is going to be the last part right the first week right so i wouldn't want us to do that to the end so glory to god hallelujah thank you father for your word thank you for a great time of refreshing thank you for teaching us today blessed be your name oh god oh thank you for light thank you for much more light thank you for the renewal of our heart thank you because conviction is being made thank you because we are now more convinced of our faith Thank you because now we see you more clearly. Thank you because our heart is receptive. Oh, we pray mm -hmm. that these words that we heard today bears fruit. It helps us take roots downward and also bear fruit outward. Right? In the name of the Lord Jesus. In Jesus' mm -hmm. name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. So have a good mm -hmm. night. Rest. Thank you so much for joining the meeting today. God has blessed you immensely please do well i mean it's a culture over here do well to tell me share 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 with me you have my number personally you're free share with me or share with any of the admin what you learned right just send me send me your notes let let me see what did you learn what what was your eyes open to see right at the course of this meeting i really love to 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 hear and i mean thank god thank you jesus because valentine has finished already it's already in the night so i mean all of you can breathe <laughs> you have the right to breathe <laughs> i know you couldn't breathe earlier but now you can breathe but i hope this heat helps you to breathe well so do well to please try to drink a lot of water because if you're in nigeria you know what the weather is saying hmm? <laughs> Some of us know how many times we had our bath already. <laughs> so, all right. Have a good night, rest. Take a lot of water. God has blessed you. Bye for now. We trust you were edified by the word of God through our man of God. You can get all messages of Nicholas Williams on Telegram at Nicholas Williams Ministries. God has blessed you.